Welcome, and thank you for listening to this episode of Leaps and Bounds. I'm your host, Tom Bash, and I'm thrilled to be bringing you conversations with some of the most successful CEOs, sales leaders, and home improvement professionals. When I started in this industry 20 years ago, tearing off roofs, I had no idea about what went into making a home improvement business successful. Now, having met with thousands of contractors, helping them adopt technology, and watching them grow, I'm excited to invite them on to share what's made them successful, what they're doing today to stay ahead of their competition, and the advice they have for others. On today's episode, I'm joined by Job Nimbus CEO and serial entrepreneur Ben Hudson. In addition to being an entrepreneur, Ben also is a writer, a musician, filmmaker, comic book artist, and software developer. After spending time as a touring musician and finishing degrees in business and software systems from the University of Washington, he started his first company in 2000. That business, Venify, was sold for $1.2 billion in 2020 to Thorma Bravo. After leaving the day-to-day operations of Venify, Ben proceeded to start nine companies, with the most recent being Job Nimbus, a software and growth solution for roofing and home exterior contractors. In January of 2021, Job Nimbus received its first investment of $53 million from Mainsail Partners. Listen as we discuss the early need for technology and home improvement, the benefits of adoption, and the keys to scaling. Well, I'm excited to get the show started, so let's go. Hey, Ben, welcome to the show. Hey Tom, great to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I love to I love to start these off by just better understanding sort of you know how how did you get started in the industry? Yeah, I was one of these guys that or, always uh, took home exteriors for granted, you know, roofs or whatever. I'd see it up there, sort of know it existed, but didn't really think about the pieces and parts of it or how that whole industry worked. Uh, but I'm a technology guy. I'm a software guy. So I've built a lot of software systems for a bunch of different companies. Over the years, I've started actually nine other companies. And Jobnimus was wow. my tenth company and started in my career. And that that sounds a little impressive, but also it means that I had a lot of things that didn't work out. <laughs> had a couple of big successes too. But yeah, uh, as I was going along, I met a guy down in Denver, Colorado, who was working with roofers on insurance claims, actually. So he was like doing the negotiation between the insurance company and the roofer to try to get the homeowner a better roof. Sure. Uh, of course, the insurance companies are typically incentivized to give you the least amount for your roof. And the roofer wants to get the best roof for the homeowner and make more money. So he right. was kind of doing this deal. And he's actually uh, asking about maybe us building some software to help him track his claims. And while I'm down there, that was my first time I really met roofers that I knew of and talked to them. I remember a couple of things from that lunch meeting specifically. I remember thinking, well, oh, these people are really cool. They're, they're very down to earth. It's like super straight shooters. I really like having conversations with them. They're very open and honest about things. And then secondly, I just kind of clicked for me that they're entrepreneurs just like I was just trying to get a company off the ground. And I was kind of in between my last company and this. And so I was looking for a new idea to work on and I got really passionate about it. They actually told me, they said, the software in this industry sucks. Now this was like 2012, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I kind of looked at it and I said, wow, this stuff's pretty dated. None of it was cloud-based at the time. None of it worked on a mobile app really well. And so we thought, wow, there's kind of something here. And I realized later that the smartest people in Silicon Valley were trying to make Twitter run faster, <laughs> you know, yeah, at that time. Yeah. And <laughs> here we were like, nobody is trying to solve these guys' problems that's good at technology. And so yeah. we started working on our first version of Job Nimbus 
and uh, had something in people's hands by 2013. Uh, 2014, we were fully launched and, and had customers and everything like that. Uh, it's kind of a wild ride, but it was out of necessity. I had a call every week with these guys just to ask them questions about, you know, what is under underlayment again? <laughs> like yeah. trying to understand the the mechanics of a roof and how the company works. And and they were so we were very customer driven from day one because we didn't know anything about the industry. Yeah, we just it, it, software really well. In in 2013, 2014. Uh, I mean, this had to be like some crazy idea, right? I mean, software that could help the home improvement industry was like just unheard of, really. There wasn't much out there yet. It, there wasn't. I mean, today there's a lot of competition, but back sure. then it was pretty radical that anybody was building anything. Yeah. Yeah. I remember uh, um, when I was a, a contractor and I think it was like 2000... 11 maybe 2012 some maybe 2010 somewhere in that time frame uh maybe maybe a couple years before that uh and and eagle view came around and oh, yeah. uh, I, at that time i was selling roofing and so i was like i was actually getting up on the roofs pulling a tape measure doing all this and somebody's <laughs> like hey no, totally yeah and so he's like you know there's this company called eagle view and uh you can actually order a roof report and they'll tell you the measurements. I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. It sounded like uh, something from sci-fi at the time. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, this, you're right. Like I maybe just closed my MySpace account and like, you know, I've got a Facebook. And so technology, I don't think was, was that prevalent, at least like in my, uh, uh, you know, in my world. And uh, for there to be a software or a, tech, a company that could provide something that could make my life easier was just like mind blowing. And I imagine uh, for you guys, kind of those first early adopters were like, "Wow, this is this is going to do wonders for my business." Like, how did I how did I ever do business without it? Yeah, yeah, it really it started out as a, kind of a core CRM product where you could track your customers and and keep track of notes and phone calls and all that sort of thing. And then, of course, it grew into a full project management system over time where you could track the job all the way through. And now it's end to end. You put a lead yeah. in job numbers, you work it all the way through, you invoice it, you collect payment, everything all inside of one a system. And then we have all these great integrations like with Leap that um, allow customers to have these cool experiences that plug right into their overall platform. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's funny. I often tell a story about uh, when I was a project manager, it's like we did this audit where we wrote down that customer's name 27 times from the time, <laughs> oh, that, the, from the, time that the lead called into the office until the time that the paperwork got filed away in the filing cabinet in the basement. It was just like, it's it was so archaic. And yeah. this wasn't that long ago. I mean, it was, you know, uh, 12, 15 years ago. Like, you know, that's what it was. It was like writing down all these things 27 times. And, you know, if you've ever played telephone, right, <laughs> but yep. you write it down once, you know, when it comes in and by the time it gets in the filing cabinet, like that person's under a completely different name <laughs> and uh, not to mention all the other errors that happen, you know, yep. along yep. the way. But uh, yeah, it's amazing. And, and uh, so I guess, you know, w one of my other questions was, you know, you guys have seen a lot of great success, um, but what what percentage of the market do you think is out there that that still doesn't have uh, some kind of project management or CRM? you know, solution. It's actually shockingly high. It's, it's in the 60 to 70% of people that aren't using like an actual product, like job Nimbus, they are, they're using, uh, some of them are using paper still. Uh, we actually call them the paper crowd, but some are using Excel. 
or they've like homegrown uh, what I'd call primitive digital means. They clutch together three or four different things that may not even be for their industry to get something workable. And usually that actually works really well if you're smaller. It starts to not scale as you grow your company. And that's when they usually start looking at a solution like Job Nimbus. Uh, what's interesting though, is they need to have, uh, there's, there's like this gap where they have to have everybody sort of transition and train. And so when we first came into this market in like 2012, there was a ton of baby boomers still running their yes. you know, roofing companies or whatever. And we would get the constant thing of like, ah, I don't want to switch. It's been paper for 40 years. We're good. You know? Yep. And, and, and now we're getting much more of the Gen Xers and younger that are running those businesses. They've either taken it over from their parents or they started their own thing. And those guys, actually, I saw a funny meme a while back that really resonated. It says, I'm a Gen Xer, so I, I accept technology unlike boomers, but I'm not happy about it. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's good. And it's like kind of true. They know they need to have a system. And so we're, we're in this great demographic shift as we see the industry start moving more digital, but we're probably still about 20 years behind most industries right now in terms of yeah. technology adoption. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it is amazing. I, I heard something funny the other day too. It's like, you know, I'll always refer to Chuck in a truck and Larry and yeah. ladder and all these type of things. Right. The other day, somebody told me young buck in a truck. And I guess young buck in a truck is like what you were saying, right? It's like the younger generation that's taken the business. They're still a small company, right? One, two, two, two person show. Uh, but they're, they're interested in technology and they're, yep. they'll bring some things here and there. And I thought for me, that was a new term. Uh, you brought up a good point. One of the things that I know I've heard in the last, you know, five years of sort of being an, an evangelist evangelist for uh, technology amongst the home improvement space is like, Hey, we've done it this way for this long and we're doing really well. We're successful. Yeah. We don't need X. We don't need Y. We don't need Z because we're doing everything well today. Like what, what do you say to those type of people? Well, I mean, it may be true on some level. Here's the problem. Even with uh, Excel or whatever, uh, say, hey, well, I've got this amazing spreadsheet. Actually, I have a funny story, actually, that kind of fits in with this. So I was at a customer event. I won't say who it was with, but it was a big supplier in the industry. And they brought in some of their marquee accounts. And these were like top dog people, you know, and there was a lot of egos in that room. <laughs> Great people, but like when they're with each other, it's like, oh boy, a lot of posturing going on, you know? Yep. And, and they ask, hey, what, tell us about your technology. And everybody's going around the room and they're saying, we've got this spreadsheet. It's the most amazing, it does everything. And it, and, it, and it totally estimates perfectly. And then it does this and it automatically emails this person. And you're going, wow, holy cow, you guys programmers, that's amazing. And you're hearing them just go on and on about how amazing their systems are. We set up this or that. And we had some of our customers were in there talking about how great they like Job Nimbus. And then we had a lunch right after. And I got up at the end and said, hey, here's what Job Nimbus does. Here's how we work. Here's the problems we solve. And at, at lunch, that I had a ton of these people coming up to me. Actually, our product's crap. Actually, this, you know, this spreadsheet's terrible. We need something bad. So it's like, okay, there's one story in front of everybody. And then there's the true story of maybe it doesn't work as well as you want. I, key things I think about, how do you get good reports out of an Excel spreadsheet? 
How do you, how does anybody in the company, how do you access it remotely? Everybody wants to be mobile. They want it on their phone. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, if you're using paper files, it's a total disaster to know exactly what's going on. You, You can't scale past a certain point. And so most of the customers I talk to want to grow their business. They want to, you know, have that dream home or whatever. They want to have something just really great in, that they're dreaming for. And they want to hit that growth rate that gets them there. And so a technology can really be a path to that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny. You know, when I, w- when I talk to a customer in there, uh, uh, you know, just in conversation and they'll tell me, yeah, you know, we're digital, we're paperless. And I'm like, awesome. You know, what do you, what do you use? And you know, like, we've got this great setup with Excel yeah. <laughs> and they're using formulas, you know, in there, which is awesome. Cool. And they have um, some cool spreadsheets it, out there. I've hundred percent, hundred percent. They're running pivot tables and stuff. I'm like, this yeah. is, this is great. Uh, but different connotation is sort of digital and paperless. And, and some of these terms, I think they get thrown around. Uh, I, ha- I had a, a former colleague that sent me like, she had gotten three estimates uh, to replace her roof. And she's like, Hey Tom, do you mind just taking a look at these? Sure. Send them over. And they were, three different word documents, not, you know, not word doc turned into a PDF or anything. It's just three word docs yeah. and they were just all over the place and different. And, uh, there was no structure to them and some were missing terms and conditions and like, you know, a notice of cancellation, all these different things in there. And it was just amazing. Like that is, that is the status quo. That's, that really is kind of what you see in the marketplace. And, uh, I think sometimes it's easy in our seats to think that, uh, um, you know, home improvement professionals are, uh, adopting a lot of technology at a really rapid pace because they are, but there's still so many who are not. Um, and so it's just, it's, it's always amazing to me when I, when I step back and see that, um, because I work under the assumption that everybody sees the benefit in technology and in, in the, in software and the solutions that are available. Um, but there's still a lot of people who, for whatever reason, whether they don't know about it or they don't think it's for them, um, they just haven't adopted it. Uh, so, yeah. you know, how, how do you go about speaking to some of these people? Like, what, what is that? What does that look like? Is it identifying, uh, you know, what their pain points are? Well, for sure. It, it, part of our process is we'll, we'll look for keywords. People who need us will say things like, man, we got a lot of jobs slipping through the cracks. Or they'll say things like, my guys aren't doing what I told them to. And, and when you hear these types of things, you know, that's actually a process problem, not even usually a people problem. Like it, it, job Nimbus is so good at defining clear processes. And actually, if you just think brass tacks, the simplest way to understand a business is only two things. It's the people and the process. That's the only thing you have in your business that's unique. I mean, that's basically what a, a creates your product, right? And so if you don't have great processes and great people, you're going to struggle and job Nimbus can help you build those processes. In. And most people, if they have a great process, will rise to the occasion, you know, or you need to have them move on. But I, I generally, in my experience, most people I've met in this industry are great people that just don't have the tools or know what to do to be, uh, to get to the level they want to get to. And that's, that's what we really talk a lot about is like, here's how you run your business the right way to make the most money. I mean, a lot of customers come to us and they, they may be using whatever system and they'll say, well, what are the best, uh, you know, gutter company in the world that do? Well, we have them and let me show you how they're running their business. And it's the job Nimbus process in there. And, oh, cool. And you can customize it. Yes, yes, yes. Awesome. Great. I didn't, I don't know. I just want to run it. There's, 
let me step back for a second. There's actually a book called um, The Innovation Stack. I don't know. Have you ever read that book, Tom? I have not, no. I'm going to write it I highly recommend it. It's great. It, it tells you the story of one of the co-founders of Square and how they innovated the whole new way of doing payments in the world, right? And never, FinTech was totally different before Square came into the market. Yeah. Uh, but one of the, the things that they say there is that in a business, there's certain things you want to be innovative on and other things you do not want to be innovative. You do not need to redefine how sales is done. Like there is a, a proper way to do sales that will get results. So right there, copy and just follow the best practice on this and this and this. Then maybe here you do something that's really unique. Maybe on the way that you uh, call your customer the first time or the way that you ask for a review, maybe that's a place for innovation. But the overall process of putting on a roof Use best practices and you will kill it. You'll be number one in your market. And yeah. so we really focus a lot on having those best practices built right into the software and the processes. That's great. So if somebody who doesn't have the, the, the processes in place and they're just a mess, like, and they come to you, uh, are you helping them get their processing system in place yeah. and then adopting? Okay. That makes yeah. a lot of sense because I, I've seen where... Uh, sometimes people think technology is like the end all be all and it's going to fix all their problems and it's needing to take a step back and make sure that you get the, your processes in place before or, or in the beginning of, of adopting, uh, you know, a solution that's going to help. Uh, because, uh, I, I've heard, and <laughs> I've heard horror stories about people that don't have good processes in place. They adopt technology and they just throw fuel on this fire and it just, uh, exacerbates their problem. It'll make it worse. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. What, what, uh, what are you guys most excited about? <clears throat> well, it, when we came into this market, most people were still accessing software at the time in 2012 through a laptop. Sure. And sure. sometimes that laptop could go with you in the truck, but it wasn't easy. I, I saw a lot of people with portable printers in their truck at the time. I used to have one. Yeah. Yep. And I was, yeah. you saw a lot of people climbing up on roofs and hand measuring everything. Yep. That was like yep. the world in 2012 for yep. roofing. And I'm talking a lot about roofing. We work with all kinds of home exterior. We look, we work with solar companies and that sort of thing, but roofing is kind of where we started. So uh, that's evolved. I remember that there were a lot of people that had a server. Do you remember that old system act? It's still around. Oh yeah. It's, Oh yeah. yeah. Yep. A lot of people were using act at the time of those really small yep. chuck in the truck guys. Yep. And they had to run a server at their office and then they would have their laptop and they could only access the stuff at their office. And then of course <laughs> they had a buddy who was an IT guy somewhere at Verizon that would help on of the course. site on the weekends to keep the server running. Yep. And then of course it would crash at some point. They wouldn't have backups. They'd lose all their data. It was a total disaster, total nightmare, scary situation for a non-technical person to have to yeah. deal with. So now everything's cloud-based, meaning it doesn't go away. You don't lose your data because it's all backed up all over the place, all over the US, and you can access it from anywhere. And so what we've seen is the industry's uh, completely shifted to wanting mobile to be the primary points. And so we call ourselves a mobile first company. And we've got uh, our new version of our mobile app actually just launched last week in beta. We're super excited about it. Uh, it's frankly revolutionary for this industry. I, I, if anybody listening is interested, you can just get on the beta for free and try it out. It is rad. And I, that's one of the things I'm most excited about because that's where our customers want to 
um, have everything. They just want to have it right on their smartphone. Yeah. Depending, it doesn't matter what role you are in the company. They want to do it from their phone. Probably the only people that are still interested more in the computer are the people in the office, like your back office people that do like QuickBooks and that sort of thing. They're still on their computer. So we still have job numbers on the web, but we're really focusing a lot on that mobile experience right now. And, and what are some of the benefits of, um, of doing that? Like, what, what kind of benefits do, do your users see by, um, by being mobile first? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a few, let me talk about a couple of features that I think are really fun. One, when you are anywhere, you can pull up our search and it used to be, you just type in a name of a customer or an address and it would come up with your contact. Now it shows you a map because what you really want to know is where am I at and who's around me. And then this map, you can expand as much as you want and you can search by name and address still, but now you can just zoom around on the map and tap on any of your customers. So you're standing at a doorstep and somebody says, Hey, I kind of want, I like this shingle product. Have you guys ever done this before? Actually we did. And you can pull it up on your phone and say two blocks away. There's actually a house that we did a couple months ago that used the same shingle product. And the customer goes, Oh my gosh, it just adds so much credibility. Or you're trying to close a deal yeah. and you say, look, the five other people in your, your cul-de-sac here have already bought from us. You know, there's a big hailstorm. And immediate credibility. Oh, okay. You're the roofer I want to go with. Right. So just simple little things like that. And then right there's a button to start taking photos, uh, documenting those. You could create a photo report. It's all digital. It makes you look like the most pro contractor. That homeowner is going, this dude didn't just roll out of bed, uh, you know, <laughs> smelling like who knows what, yeah. uh, without a company logoed shirt, and then show up with a punch of paper and start writing stuff down. This guy came with this app on his phone. It's super digital. He was able to text me, email me stuff. It's just that's the way the industry should be running right now. And so this app really facilitates that. Yeah, when when you're talking about that, having a homeowner who who wants, to, you know, they want to see what uh, customer you had in the area that had a charcoal uh, shingle. And I'm like, oh crap, <laughs> yep. go back to the office. I've got to like have them pull up, you know, hopefully somebody's got a list of this and then I've got to put it together on a, on a, some kind of word document and get it over to this customer. And it's like, my sales cycle was just like prolonged unnecessarily. Right. Because yes. uh, something that, that a customer probably thinks is simple for us to do wasn't. And, uh, so you've made it super simple for them to, uh, continue, uh, moving that sale forward. Uh, so yeah, I'm trying to make a one one call call close, right? I mean, that's I know you guys focus on a yeah. lot. The, yeah. the chances that the close rate it goes like down in half if you leave that house when that first yeah. close, right? So yeah, yeah, being armed with everything you need at that appointment is is critical, and uh, so that's great. That's fantastic. Um, I'd love to know, uh, you know, you've over these last years have probably heard some really good um, success stories. I imagine from from your customers. Is there one that maybe sticks out to you of like uh, they adopted Job Nimbus and they just, uh, you know, were able to uh, achieve incredible success or growth or whatever it was, and maybe it saved their business? Are there yeah. any stories that come to mind of, of you know, success yeah. that a contractor saw? There's a lot. And actually, whenever we have new employees start at Job Nimbus, which like every two weeks on Mondays, we have new I thought it was every party. day. <laughs> I think I see something every day of theirs. <laughs> There's a lot. We have a lot of people starting over here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of um, we're growing fast. So uh, I meet with all those new employees and I do a, a thing about our company culture and our values and 
our mission. And then I actually tell some of these stories. And one in particular that I always tell about is Stacy and Scott Feller. Um, when we met them, actually, they were our number seven or eighth customer, something like that. Of all, it's like all, you know, it was forever. And they really were an early adopter, believed in what we were doing. And uh, Stacy and Scott at the time were running Feller Roofing down in Austin, I think Austin, Texas. And they, their dream was to build a roofing franchise, actually. Okay. I think there were around six or seven employees when we met them, just getting off the ground. They were newly married. And it was actually kind of interesting because they have such different personalities. Scott's very entrepreneurial, shoot from the hip type guy. And Stacy's much more of that organize everything. Uh, and you see this dynamic a lot in these companies. There'll be the owner is usually like more maverick, more sales oriented. And then there's usually somebody in the office that is much more like, let's get things organized. And they're much more like the person that wants to have folders for everything. (laughs) And, and there's like a little bit of a tension between the two as the business grows. We focused a lot on trying to bring those two people together in the software. So the owner got the growth they wanted, but then the person in the office also got that kind of organization and efficiency and that sort of thing, right? And actually most businesses need this kind of dynamic. There's usually somebody driving the vision and there's somebody else like integrating that. And if there's one missing, the thing falls apart either way. It either doesn't grow very fast or it just, the wheels come off. If the vision there's, a book about, there's a book about this topic too, Ben. Is yes. That, I can't remember what yes, the name uh, of it is. Like purple something, is it? Uh, well, rocket fuel is the first one. Rocket fuel is one, yeah. And then traction is the second one to read. Okay. And if you're an employee in a business like this, what the heck is EOS? Is the third okay. book highly okay. recommended? Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, they they adopted Jobnimbus, uh, started growing. They doubled their revenue over the next about eighteen months uh, with us. And this was even early on when we had less features. I mean, we have a lot more capabilities now. They now have launched a new uh, franchise called Kanga Roof. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And Kanga Roof, I, I think they have four, maybe five locations now. Uh, they're all using JobNimbus at the different locations. It's highly successful. And Stacy and Scott actually came and spoke at our customer event two years ago and told their story and how much they grew. They're he- highly hands-on uh, users. It's just a great example of somebody who took technology, went from paper to technology and just exploded. And, and that, you know, they're building like this cool house. They, they've got, they own a restaurant now. Like everything they ever wanted to do together, they were able to do uh, because uh, they were able to grow at the level that they did. And I, I think they would say we're a big part of that growth. Yeah, that's awesome. I actually know, I, I, I can see the their wrapped trucks and stuff. Like, yes. I, I, I think there was a, they must have had a location in the Carolinas somewhere. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I remember, I remember seeing their, their, their vehicles and stuff. So that's, that's awesome. That's, uh, I, I imagine uh, there's a lot of pride in that um, for all the people that have worked so hard. Yeah, uh, they couldn't be more stoked about it. And we're stoked for them too. I mean, that's like, it's, our, vi- our mission is to make contractors heroes. And we're like, this totally made them the hero of their own journey, their own story, you know? Yeah. I, I'm, it's funny you mentioned the hero's journey. I wanted to, I wanted you to share a little bit more about, um, you know, what that means and, and, and how it's incorporated throughout the fabric of Job Nimbus. Yeah, it's, it's a big deal over here. So first of all, I guess just a background on me, 
I've written a couple of uh, films now that actually got produced and I won some uh, film festival awards actually off of those. And then I've written a book and that's a, a Western ghost story book, kind of like okay. horror and Western mixed together. And then I've written a bunch of comics. Like I even go to comic cons and speak often. It's just kind of a fun hobby, but I have four different comic series that I write. So I thought a lot about like, how do you write a character that's heroic and how do you make interesting characters for years? I mean, I've been writing for 20 years now. So the, uh, that, as I was thinking about our customers, I was thinking we're trying to make them the hero of their own story. And I even applied this to our own employees. When you come and work at Job Nimbus, it should be more than just a job. It should be an experience that grows you and makes you a better person because of the time you spent here, you know? Yeah. And that's really what our culture is all about is making people like heroic. And so that if you look at how heroes are made, um, there's this classic thing called the hero's journey. It's the most common story format in basically modern recorded history. And there's three parts to it. There's a departure phase where the hero leaves their regular life to go on a sort of adventure. And then the initiation phase, which is the biggest part of the hero's journey, where you go through a series of trials that level you up. And then the departure, or sorry, the return at the end, where you are reborn, a new person changed by the experience. So if you think of something like Lord of the Rings, and you think about uh, Frodo, as he goes through this journey, all these trials, when at the end, when Frodo has saved the world because the ring was thrown in the, the fire, he is a different person changed by the experience. That's what we're trying to do with our customers. That's what we're trying to do with our employees. And so our mission is to make contractors heroes and we're trying to make our employees heroes as well. Yeah, that's awesome. I, uh, I was fortunate to be out uh, at, at your offices uh, maybe a month or two ago. And uh, it, it's, it's incorporated in the fabric of everything that, that you guys do and, and all the uh, um, stories that were told. Uh, even I remember sitting in a conference room and it's named after here. I, I wish, no, I'm sorry. The conference room was named uh, after the pizza place at Toy Story. Yes. Pizza Palace, maybe? Pizza the, Planet. Pizza Planet. That's, That's one right. of my favorite conference rooms. Yes. Oh, it's got an amazing view of the mountains yes. and everything. For those that don't know, you're, you're, you're in Lehigh, Utah. Yep. And the view is just impeccable outside of there. There's I mean, mountains everywhere. Oh, yeah. it's amazing. Uh, this is great. Uh, you know, we've, we've got a little bit of time left here, but what do you like to do when you're not working? Okay. So my latest passion over the last year or two in the summers, like just right now, it would be wake surfing. So I love, I grew up in the Seattle area and we would drive to Westport, um, which is just South of Olympia, the capital of Washington state. And there's a good little place where there's a jetty and there's actually a decent break where you can get a 10, 15, 20 second ride we take our longboards down there and surf a lot of weekends. I spent down there surfing in the ocean. Uh, we go down the coast, go to Oregon and, and Northern California as well and surf different spots. So when I moved to Utah, I'm like, man, this place is a drag for surfing. <laughs> There's no ocean anywhere. Near. Yeah, right, right. You, know? you got a beautiful lake. Not, I'm not talking about Salt Lake, but you've got a beautiful lake down by you as well. Yeah, yeah, Utah but, Lake here. Yeah. And then we've got one just up in the mountains by Sundance called Deer Creek. And... Yeah. So uh, then I found out about like this new craze because I'd always wakeboarded, but I didn't know anything about wake surfing and all these boats that throw these giant waves. And so I started learning that about three years ago. Oh my gosh, it's so exhilarating, so freaking fun. So now I've been uh, 
doing 360s and jumps. I've gotten pretty good on the wave and we go probably once a week, we'll go up and boat for three or four hours. And I just got back from Lake Powell. Uh, have you ever been to Lake Powell, Tom? No, no. Where, where is that? It's spectacular. It's on the border of Arizona and um, uh, Utah. So okay. Southern Utah, Red Rock Canyon everywhere. It's, it's a man-made lake. It's a giant reservoir that was filled. I want to say 1963, they created it. Okay. Anyways, it's kind of like going to Monument Valley or something like that, but then with water there. It's really crazy. And the water's super warm. So I just wow. got back this weekend. It was 81 degree water. Wow. And um, about about uh, 80 to 90 degrees every day. It's 70 in the evenings. It's like in wow. bath water. Yeah nobody's out there because everybody's back in school. So it's super quiet. <laughs> so I love doing wake surfing. I still record uh, music on a weekly basis and working on a new song for that. I'm working on a new book on the side. So even though I'm the CEO and, and spend a lot of time on job Nimbus, I try to have some life balance and do other things too. That's awesome. What kind of, uh, uh, what, kind, what genre of music? Right now, I've been really into the Beatles and uh, Beach Boys, kind of gone back okay. to that style. And so I would say it's a modern version of that. I played in a bluegrass band for a while. So we did a lot of like folk music. Uh, yep. Before that, I was in a rock band. It was a lot of alternative rock. Yep. It probably sounded more like Weezer or something like that. Right now, I would say our latest recordings sound a little bit like a mix of the Beach Boys, Ben Folds, and uh, uh, Beatles stuff. So oh, interesting. Where, yeah. uh, where where can we listen to this? Uh, I pl I record under the band name Rail Yard, like where a place where uh, trains go to die. <laughs> so, yeah, right. <laughs> so um, I don't know. I'll probably put out two songs last year. I get one to two out a year. It takes a while. It, yeah. People don't know. It takes a long time to record, and I do it Tuesday nights seven o'clock till like 10 o'clock. So in three hours we can get some stuff done, but I play all the instruments with another guy, um, Adam that I play with and, and we sing and harmonize. And so it takes wow. a while cause we're always like redoing it, rethinking the song and that sort of thing. And some weeks we miss, um, getting together, but, um, we've got a new one we're working on right now that I'm pretty excited about it's like That's more awesome. of a Neil Young type sound on this one. Folky yeah. Acoustic thing. That's awesome. And what's the, what's the book about? The book is about the films of 1984. Okay. <laughs> it's like a All film right. history book. I'm a huge film buff. I, I have way too much film knowledge in my head. Yeah. People kind of get weirded out. I know all kinds of weird trivia about films. Do you really? Yeah. So um, I believe that 1984 is one of the most important years in film history. It, it, it You want to know why we go to the theater now and it's all blockbusters and everything else is streaming 1984 is the start of that. It's the first year of PG-13. It's the first year HBO debuts. It's the first year that Beta uh, uh, Max goes out and VHS becomes the main format. You kind of go through the list. You look at the movie posters from that era, just like the, the one minute pitch on this. If you go back to the 1950s and you look at most movie posters, it's the name of the actor that's most of the poster. It's Jimmy Stewart. And then in very small letters somewhere, it'll say like the name of the movie. Nobody cared. You went to see the new Jimmy Stewart film. You didn't go to see, you know, uh, uh, Vertigo or something like that. Now, that's fast forward to 1984, but the, even the early 80s, we're starting to see this move. 
And now you're selling brands. What's the Gremlins poster? It's a picture of Gizmo, the cool little cute creature, you know, and it's selling the brand and the toy. Uh, What's the Ghostbusters poster? It's a freaking logo of a ghost, you know, like actors aren't even listed. They're just super small names at the bottom. We're completely moving away from that actor driven films to concept driven films with merchandising. And then, of course, the, the end result of that is why we see, you know, a Marvel movie or whatever. It's almost all about the, the toys and what we're selling. I mean, I like Marvel movies. I'm just saying that's why film is the way it is. So I think it's a really pivotal year. And it's going to be a coffee table book that I think people really enjoy because you'll be able to see every film that came out in 1984 and a picture of, you know, screenshots of it and look uh, uh, the movie poster and that sort of thing. So. That's interesting. Not, I, uh, not probably the biggest seller, but something I'm just interested <laughs> in. And just like anything, I just do stuff I'm interested in. I don't care. Yeah. I, I, listen, I also made my debut, my debut in 1984. So it's a good year. Really. Hey, nice. <laughs> yes. um, but but you are right. I took uh, I took our we we took our kids to see the the new Paw Patrol movie, right? And yeah. uh, immediately afterward, had to go to the store and get the newest stuff that had to do with that movie. <laughs> you know, it's all about the merchandising and the branding. Of, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and I have uh, no idea who even the voice talent is on Paw right. Patrol. All right, I know right. is the pictures of the dogs on the poster and stuff. Yeah, you know, that's no, what they're selling. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, you know, as we wrap this up, you shared a lot of really good uh, information with us today. Um, but I'd love to know what's one piece of advice you give business owners who are looking for ways to grow or scale their organization. I know, you know, Job Nimbus obviously has seen tremendous growth over the last couple of years. You know, what, what have you learned through there that may be helpful for uh, just, you know, I'll say small, but it's, it's all relative in size. But for companies that are looking to grow, um, you know, what's, what's some advice that you would have for them? Yeah. As you scale a business, there's two main things I think about. One, culture and values. Because when you're small, let's say five people, four people, or even under 10, let's say, you have so few people that you kind of just have a cohesive culture and a cohesive group of values because there's just not a lot of people. But once you move past that, the only way to align everybody is around your company mission, values, and vision. So it becomes very, very important. And so that's one thing I would say, if you're trying to scale, make sure you have key values and a mission statement and everybody's on the same page around culture um, or you won't I mean hire for culture, everything or you won't be able to scale, it'll fall apart. And the second thing is uh, be prepared to change because as you scale, whatever you were doing, this is the funnest thing about business, it's also the scariest thing about business. Whatever you're doing now that's working, as you scale will stop working and you will have to re-engineer what you're doing to keep going and growing. And so as long as you embrace change, uh, once you get to 25 employees, then the rules changing a little bit again, and then 50 employees change again, 100 employees changes again. You'll keep having to morph, and the great businesses will continue to change and grow really big. And the businesses that you hear about all the time that fail, usually it's because they didn't realize it was time to change. Yeah, that's awesome. I don't even want to add anything to it. <laughs> ben, I appreciate it. It's been great catching up. Uh, always good to talk to you. Uh, so thanks again for coming on. Yeah. Thank you, Tom. Absolutely. Well, that'll do it for today's show. I truly hope you enjoyed this episode of Leaps and Bounds. If you did, be sure to leave us a five-star rating and review and subscribe to the podcast. We look forward to bringing you more exclusive conversations with some of the most successful home improvement leaders. 
If you're interested in learning more about Leap, be sure to check us out at leaptodigital.com or follow us on our social channels. Until next time, see ya.